Hey guys, it's Lauren Yates here, celebrity interviewer, entertainment reporter, and the host of this podcast, Rave It Up, celebrity news, reviews, and interviews. If this is the first time you're listening, go check out our show's trailer on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to learn more about us. And make sure to follow us on social media to tell us what else you would like to hear from this podcast. We are under Rave It Up TV on Instagram, Rave It Up Show on Facebook, and our website is raveituptv.com. Now today, Canadian actor Graham Wardle is coming back on the show. He played Ty Borden in Heartland. After 13 to 14 years, Graham has unfortunately left the show, which has left fans devastated. So we have a talk about his departure from the show and how emotional it was to say goodbye to all the cast. We also talk about his future projects and of course his new podcast, Time Has Come. Then we delve a little bit into spirituality and mental health. There's so much to cover, so let's get into it now. Also, I just want to say I am so sorry about the technical difficulty for the first probably about two minutes of this interview. At about one minute, 54 second mark, it will kick in with really good audio, which is how it was supposed to be for the whole interview. So just stay with us and from two minutes all the way to the end, it will be fantastic. Very much worth the wait. So people can forgive some echo or some bad cameras or some you know, hiccups in the editing if the content's really good. Whereas mm. if it's vice versa, if the content's really bad, who cares how good it sounds? Like, it, I mean, how many times you watched a movie, you're like, well, it looks nice. <laughs> Let's do this. Hey guys, it's RJ May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Savani from Step Up. It's Keegan Allen from Pretty Little Liars. Hi, this is Arthur It's Cosentino. It's Rob Mills. Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. Raving it up. Raving I'm having up. fun. Hashtag Lauren Rave It Up. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, I like that effect. <laughs> We're raving it up. Graham, welcome back to Rave It Up. It is a pleasure to have you on the show again. How are you going? Uh, I'm going awesome, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me again. This is, uh, that was a lot of fun last time, and I'm looking forward to this time. Oh, well, it, it, I'm really honored that you wanted to come back on, so thank you. And I actually just did a little bit of research and went back to our last interview, and I could not believe it's been over a year ago now since our last chat, like January 2020. Where did that time go? A lot has <laughs> happened since then. Eh? For both of us, I think, yeah. And I, the video of our interview is like over 161,000 views now and it just keeps climbing and climbing and I just keep getting to this day heaps of comments about how everybody loves that chat. So I cannot wait for everyone to check out this one because we got some really good yeah. questions coming up. And I did mention we do have some fan questions, so I'm going to sprinkle them throughout. So thank you to all the fans that did submit questions. You could be lucky enough to have Graham answer them today. <laughs> And I must say, you've been really busy from what I've been checking out, especially with your Time Has Come podcast. Congratulations, by the way. As I mentioned, I'm personally a fan. I've listened to most of the episodes now. I love your solo cast, by the way. I think that's been one of my favorites. <laughs> so you've obviously done your fair share of interviews over your career, especially with Heartland. How does it feel now to be the interviewer and a host instead of the interviewee and a guest? Yeah. Um, it's quite different, uh, and I, like I was just mentioning before we started the interview, I've learned a lot from you and other podcasters that are interviewing people that inspire me, and you kind of have to put your mind in a different frame of reference, you know? It's like there's the regular having a conversation mode, and then there's like the interviewing podcasting mode where you're... At least in, in the way I look at it is it's like a hybrid of 
having a natural conversation, but also keeping in mind your audience and what you what you're trying to share with them and like the interesting things that you can bring out of your guests. So you've done that so well with me and I've learned from you and other podcasters that just bring out the best from their guests. And it's been a journey. There's a lot to learn. And, you know, normally I, you know, show up in, on set to do acting and I get a script and, you know, it's like we, there's so much more collaboration. Right. And whereas when you're podcasting, it's just like you and your guests and what do you mm. want to ask them and what do you want to do? And I love that, that space to create and to craft an experience for people. And my podcast has, has been a real uh, adventure for me because, you know, again, it's something that it, it's actually the first thing I've ever done. That's like, nobody's, nobody called me up and said, Hey, we want to start a podcast. We want you to host it. You know, as an actor, you're always getting calls for auditions and, and uh, you are being hired by other people. Whereas podcasting, it's like an entrepreneur. You, you go out there, you do it yourself. No one's mm. uh, paying you to do it, so to speak. So it's been a good journey and I'm really loving learning and expanding and, and talking with people and just getting new perspectives and sharing it with the world. And I don't know about you, but because it's like truly your baby and that you just grown it from the ground up from just an idea in your head it's just so much more fulfilling yeah that too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure it's it's it is your baby and um it's a beautiful experience and i i, I think entrepreneurship or crafting your own business uh, i never got that lesson in school that was never something that was uh, i was exposed to and now that you know i when i, <laughs> when I made my first six dollars on youtube from like ads I was so proud. I was Me like, too. I made six bucks. Yeah. I made $6 off ads. Like, yes. I've never been so proud of my life. It was the weirdest feeling. I think it was because yeah, like I went out and did it, you know, like I said before, it's just, you know, it's your, your own thing. So yeah, it's your own baby and it's precious. And, and, uh, sometimes I get a little too like OCD with my editing and trying to like smooth out the experience. I got to relax and just let go and, and let people enjoy the, <laughs> enjoy the show. Oh, well, it's funny with the YouTube ads because a lot of people hate them. But as a creator yeah. like you and I, I have like new respect for the ads now. If, if I'm watching a YouTube video, I go, yeah, play that ad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to give that person some money. Yeah, go play that ad. Because <laughs> I want the people yeah. to do it for me. <laughs> exactly. Before we started recording, as I mentioned, you're so good at this. I was like, why hasn't he started this earlier? You're such a great communicator. Oh. And that's so, it's really come across in the podcast and it's just so captivating and entertaining. And I'm always like, what's he got to say next? <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome, Lord. Thank you. I, yeah, it's, it's a great process. And I've, I've um, in my next solo cast, which I just was editing uh, just before we started this interview. Oh, awesome. um, I was going to ask when the fans. next one is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I had one of my uh, supporters, fans, uh, I call it, there's a cameo. I have a cameo page where I do video shout outs for people. And a part of the cameo app, there is fan clubs and, and there's also a VIP club. And, and I call them my very inspired people. And they uh, are a special group that are on my cameo. And they ask me a bunch of questions. And one of the questions that uh, I included in my solo cast was, you know, how do you create a podcast episode? And I... I kind of like take a step back and I like to like think of questions and the experiences like if this were a movie or if this were like a real deep dive into this person and who they are, um, what, would the, what would the movie poster look like? What kind of experience would people be having? Would they be laughing through it? Like would they be, it would be more serious? Would it be more wonder and awe? Like 
th th those are the those are the sort of questions I ask myself when I'm trying to craft the experience for people and what the the episode's going to feel like, um, and then trying to create the artwork to reflect that and uh, you know pictures and colors and stuff like that. So it's a fun process. It's kind of I, I kind of geek idea. out of it because yeah, I, I love I went to film school and and I, I love creating experiences whether it's a podcast whether it's acting or just playing a game with some five-year-olds, you know, like I just like, let's do something. Let's create something. Let's play a game, you know? So yeah, it's fun. And how long has this been in the process for? How long have you been wanting to start a podcast? I was just looking at my journal the other day and I think it's been a couple years. I floated the idea around like three or four years ago, playfully, just kind of like, oh, wouldn't that be funny? And then more recently, um, when more of the, the, the pieces were coming into play for me taking a step back from Heartland and moving on from the show, I thought, you know, it would be really um, inspiring for me, exciting for me, and a real creative um, outlet to create my own content and to put my voice out there. Because people have known me as the character of Ty for so long that I felt it was important for me to share my voice uh, as an individual, as a as separate from, from the character. Um, I get people a lot of the time, you know, who recognize me and, and they'll say, Oh, Hey, Ty. And I'll say, Oh, Hey, nice to meet you. My name's Graham. And they're like, Oh, well, you're Ty to me. <laughs> and, um, and I get that. And I just recognized, I was like, you know what? Like, I really feel grateful to be a part of the heartland world for 14 years. Uh, and now that I'm stepping away from it, I thought it was, it was important for me to express myself creatively and sort of create a path, uh, a space for my voice to be heard outside of that character, what people have known me as for the past 14 years. So th that is a, a part of the inspiration for the, the podcast and also just to share my passion and my inspiration for life with the world by talking to people and talking about life. Mm. So is that want of wanting to get your voice out there? Is that how the name time has come came about because I personally love it I just feel so uplifted just saying that that name oh good <laughs> <laughs> uh the name came to me and I thought about it uh, I was just sitting over there actually on the couch and um and I just I was doing a little meditation and I just put my hand on my heart and I was like give me the name like what's what's the name for this thing what is this all about and I got quiet and and I just that's what came to me time has come the time has come and you know, like I say in the trailer for the, for the podcast, it's about what is coming up for you. What are you on the verge of? What, where's the, where's the edge that you're riding and what does the time come for? There's so many things in our life that are, you know, have been planted and are trying to burst forth that are trying to express themselves through us, through ourselves. And by asking that question, what has the time come for in your life? Um, I feel very inspired by that because it's like, acknowledging yourself, accepting yourself, valuing yourself and investing in yourself to take that next step outside your comfort zone, uh, take a chance, create something new like a podcast. It's, it's just making the most of your life. So um, for everyone, it's different. What does the time come for in someone's life? It could be just going out for a walk today because you've been putting it off for a while, or it could be um, taking a trip or, or changing jobs or, or starting a new relationship. It, it's just acknowledging yourself and tuning in and being like, what does the time come for right now? Like, what am I being asked to do? What am I being called to do? And following that intuition, following that guidance. Mm. I hope everyone gets so inspired today because 
I am. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> good. And you've obviously got your great setup there, and we were even talking about your great upgrade on cameras and everything. But have you like built your own in-home studio now, or is it portable? Because I know with your Cindy Busby interview, you know, you went to her, so yeah. I'm guessing it's portable in some way. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's sort of portable. It's a lot of work to to move it around, but um, yeah. So I know in how house, that feels. Rent- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of work. There's actually better equipment out. I just found some new equipment that, you know, it's much more portable. But I bought the, I bought a big deck or whatever it's called, like with all the XLR inputs and all these different things. Um, so yeah, so I have a studio in the basement of the house that I'm renting, and um, that's you know it's great. That's where I do a lot of um, stuff down there. And then when I went to do Cindy's episode, uh, I just picked up the microphones, the stands, and the the board. And just brought it to her apartment. And if you if you listen closely, you can hear a bit more echo. <laughs> uh, and I, I kind of I was just I. This is my OCD. Sometimes I have to just let it go. And it's like, yeah, you know what? It's about the content. It's about the the exchange. You know, people can forgive some echo or some bad cameras or some you know hiccups in the editing if the content's really good. Whereas mm-hmm. if it's vice versa, if the content's really bad, who cares how good it sounds? Like. It, <laughs> I mean, how many times you watched a movie, you're like, well, it looks nice. <laughs> I'm not interested in the story. So I have to remind myself that when I get too uptight about equipment and editing and all those things. Well, especially when you've got to go visit someone else and you've got to work with whatever environment it is, some things are just out of your control. Like I've gotten some yeah. really funny, I got to say, but really negative comments on a couple of my videos, specifically one. And that was because it was in like a restaurant. It was really dark and I had no control over the lighting. Like you can only do so much, but it's like the interview was great though. So why are you commenting (laughs) on the the lighting? Like who cares? You can still see their face. That's what matters. (laughs) I found some people, especially online that like their comments, it's almost like they're having a bad day and they're just like, I just want to like pick on somebody or something, you know, and they just write something bad and you're like, okay, like, I always like I've I've said before it's like I just consider the source I'm like if they're actually having some constructive criticism they might be like oh Lauren I I love the interview I just wish I could have seen them better like you know I hopefully Mm -hmm. I'll I'll support you on your podcast so that you can buy some lights or hire some people because I love your interviews like that's a constructive criticism that you're like oh thanks like yeah maybe next time I'll get some lights and hire some people Uh, (laughs) but they're just a negative like just trying to like you know (laughs) Yeah, it's like, who cares? Like, let that go. <laughs> Move it on. Yep. Obviously, just having yeah. a bad day. I just laugh at it now. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, that's what I try and do too. Just like, okay, like, <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Did you know we filmed this interview? Well, come on over to our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. You can subscribe for free. And here's a little secret. We like to reward our active subscribers with autographed photos and merchandise, no matter where you are in the world. So don't forget to give us a thumbs up while you're there and get busy sharing the videos with your friends. Hey guys, it's RJ May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Stavani from Step Up. Bryce Johnson from Pretty Little Liars. It's Rob Mills. Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. These celebrities are sharing a message of hope and inspiring the younger generation in our new book, Knowing What I Know Now. This is filled with 70 quotes from your favourite celebrities on what they would tell their 14-year-old selves. A book filled with amazing advice to help you chase your dreams or help you deal with bullying or depression. It is available worldwide as a paperback or ebook version. Go to raveituptv.com to buy your copy now. 
There is even an audiobook version coming very soon. As I've noticed from this interview and our last one, that you are such a great communicator and you're just really good at just motivating and inspiring people. So I just wanted to know with your interviews, especially like your solo cast, because it is just you, do you like write a script or is it all just kind of dot points and you just free flow? That's actually one of the questions that my, uh, one of my cameo fans asked as well. Oh. <laughs> um, is, it's a great question. That was my and, own and question. Answered, that wasn't even a fan question. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the process for me is, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to interview someone like yourself, I will do some research and, and write notes and just trying to get as much information as I can. Um, and then I will just take a step back and do a meditation and, and kind of go into a quiet space and just ask and feel into what is the, what's my job in this? What, what am I being asked to do and how can I serve or how can I bring out the best in this person? And I'll get ideas and things will come to me. And I'll, it's mostly about a feeling. That's what I'll get from my meditation is a feeling of how this should go. And then I make those notes. I read all those questions and it's kind of like my script. And then when I get to the interview, um, for instance, like when I did my interview with Cindy Busby, you know, I had my questions there, but I only looked at them once or twice. And it was just in, in moments where the conversation had a natural sort of, um, conclusion to whatever we were talking about. Mm. And I was like, if I didn't have a question that was inspired in that, excuse me, if I didn't have a question that was inspired in that moment, I would uh, look to my notes and then ask that question. Um, so it's, I like to approach it like you're surfing or you're riding a wave where, you know, you just kind of go with where it's going. And sometimes uh, one of my episodes that I'm editing uh, for future release uh, you know, we started talking about something and uh, I just, I was like, that's really interesting. That's not even, I didn't even know to ask this question. So we just went down this path of talking about this particular aspect of uh, my guest's uh, life that, you know, I didn't know. And and he, he said, oh, you know, I'm, we're kind of off track here. And I was like, no, I love it. Like, let's go with it. So um, that's, again, it's just like, stay, stay in that childlike playful place while having that structure of your notes and then play. Mm -hmm. And then you always have that structure to come back to and say like, oh, I'm gonna ask this question next, or what about over here? But the most important thing is like we're doing is we're having fun talking and just yeah. playing within the conversation. I think that's much more entertaining to watch. So that's how I do it. And um, then the editing process is another sort of phase of that where like, you know, you do, you take, you know, somebody's uncomfortable with something, you can say, oh, I'll always remove that mm -hmm. uh, or, or just rearrange that. Mm -hmm. So I do that with mine as well and try and remove uh, my ums and ahs because <laughs> I like, I like the experience to be smooth and uh, yeah. So that's my, that's my process. I think some interviewers forget that, you know, you've also got to listen to the answer. It's not just question, yeah. say your answer, then I'll say my next one. You know, a lot, of, even, you know, TV presenters that are on really big stations or, or radio stations and they do that. And it's like, supposed to be a conversation you know let it flow <laughs> like you know, normally would talk to a friend <laughs> I think listening is a skill I think listening mm. is a very valuable skill that you're great at that you can tell when you're in a conversation with somebody who's actually listening you can go places that that if you're not it's just like you said it's just another question and it just feels like um there's no flow and it's very uh mechanical often people are just you know concerned with having themselves being heard so they speak more than they listen. And that's one of the challenges I have when I'm doing a solo cast is, 
I, I love to listen. I love to just take it in. And so when I'm by myself, it's a very peculiar experience of like just talking for 45 minutes in an hour. Um, my throat will get dry and I'll have to drink some water. I'm like, oh, I don't normally talk for this long. So. <laughs> <laughs> and having to I think like about, to listen. Who am I talking to again? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. But we're very, we're both very good at listening and both very good at interviewing. Just got to say, sounds uh, like yes, we are. Yes, yes. Horn, but you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so if you ever want me on your show, I'm absolutely yeah. happy to. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Now, Sweet Home Mike on Instagram wants to know, and I really want to know too, is there any chance you're doing a podcast episode with Sean Johnston? I've been talking with Sean about that possibility. And so he's just sort of said that he's open to it. It would, I would love to have him in person. That's the other thing is, you know, this, this is great and this mm -hmm. works. Um, I know I've known Sean for 14 years and I, if at all possible, I want to do all my interviews in person. I've done two remote and it's, it's, it's a whole other process. I'm used to being all my interviews up to that point were um, in person. So I would love to have Sean in person. We've talked about it. He said, you know, that there's a possibility in the near future that he would be out on out this way on Vancouver Island. So I got my fingers crossed for that. Otherwise I might have to go bring all my equipment and track them down. Oh gosh. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> but that's definitely going to be an amazing episode. And that is why I, I even so wanted too. to ask that question. Cause I know when he was on my show, he's another one of my favorites that I've had. And we were talking, yeah. I swear for like another hour after we recorded, yeah. just chatting. <laughs> I was Sean. like, I love this. And he's like, do you have to go? And I was like, no, I can keep talking. <laughs> I'm loving this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, learn yeah, a lot I more about to, him in that time. <laughs> we, um, Sean and I would often take rides home uh, from set together in the transport van. So once we're done, we'll have a driver drive us back to our hotel or, or accommodations. And I've had so many long conversations with Sean because it's about an hour drive home from set, from the, the Heartland set. And Sean and I would just talk and talk and talk. And talk and talk and talk. So yeah, he he's he is such a good storyteller, mm. and he loves to just share ideas and, and really get into things. So he's a great yeah great guy. So I hopefully I can get him on the podcast very soon. Yeah, fingers crossed. And you you're both very good talkers, so I can just imagine the <laughs> podcast episode. Oh, love it. <laughs> and you do also have a popular question on your podcast, sort of like my "What would you tell your fourteen year old self?" question. You ask yeah, them yeah, about yeah. a magic painting. So for those who haven't actually listened to your podcast, can you explain what this question is and what inspired it? And I'd also love to know what your answer would be. <laughs> sure. And, I'll, and if, I will do that. And I would love to hear your answer, Lauren, too. So, um, so hard this, to think about. Uh, <laughs> well, while I'm talking about it, you can think about it. Um, so this question, is, I call it the magic painting question. And I was on set one day. This is before like everybody had smartphones and everybody's on their phones because now between setups and stuff, everybody's on their phone, Instagramming and do, doing social media. But before then, we would all just sit around and wait and talk and, you know. <laughs> uh, so I was, we were sitting around and I was bored. And normally this is where a lot of my creativity and ideas come to me. They just hit me across the head. And I was bored and this, this question came to my mind. And so I asked, asked Amber, I think Cindy Busby was there, uh, the onset costumer. Uh, Devora and maybe Jessica Amley was there as well, who played Mallory. Um, anyways, and so the question goes like this: If if you had a magic painting that was in your house, in your you know bedroom or wherever you wanted it, and any time you looked at this magic painting, you could feel any type of feeling you wanted to feel. What feeling would you choose, and what 
um, color or colors would you want in that painting to represent that for you? Mm. So my answer to that, um, it's changed over the years, um, but the most beautiful feeling that I have now for reference is um, it's a connectedness and it's a love that pervades all. And it's the most beautiful thing I've ever felt. And it always has been and always will be. And it just brings me home and melts away all the stress and fills me up with love and, and life. And there's no fear. It's just everything is okay. Mm. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's my feeling. Um, the colors, I would probably want some sort of like space-like thing with the earth and the sun maybe or some, some golden colors. I love space, so I might have something space-like or uh, for right now, that's what I'm feeling right now. How about you, Lauren? Love What's your it. magic painting look like? Oh, it's funny because every time you've asked it in your episodes, I like always think about it. I'm like, oh, what would I choose? And I'm kind of like you too. It has changed. All the, yeah. you know, very, uh, spe specifically emotion, not as much the color, but I think today, since you're asking me today, um, a kind of combination of like joy and, and calmness, you know, like how you feel mm. after a meditation um, and the colors. I love purple. So like a nice light purple and like a light blue kind of combining into each other, kind of making it look like the ocean behind you. Oh, yes. nice. <laughs> yeah. I was just like looking at the ocean. I was like, God, that would look really nice. as like two colors combining. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the feeling is, is like a joy and a peacefulness mm. uh, similar to what you get when you come out of a meditation and you feel really grounded kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, you just feel like everything is beautiful and you mm. know, you can do anything, you know, instead of, looking at any negatives in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. That's mm. beautiful. I love that. And, yeah. and what I love about this question is when people share it, uh, I get to feel that feeling too. I get to like experience that. And as they explain it, I'm like, oh yeah, that is a great feeling. I love that. It's so true. So, yeah, because we can all relate to emotions and, yeah. you know, feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing I really liked about the magic painting question is, you know, I plan to interview more guests that are like, I don't always agree. With, I, I don't have to agree with, like, I want a diversity of guests and then ending the podcast episode with a question like that. I hope my intention is that it would make every human being relatable. Even if you don't agree with their, what, with what they've said, or you don't, you know, like something about them, but if you can connect to, you know, that person's uh, most beautiful emotion or what they would want to feel the most, I think it bridges a lot of those gaps that create division amongst people that they're like, Oh, I don't like this person because they do this or they think this way. And it's like, we're all human. We mm -hmm. all want to feel good. We all want to feel, you know, these, you know, beautiful feelings. So uh, that's the reason I I've used that question to kind of round out the podcast. Cause you know, even if you didn't like the episode, I think it's always fun to connect with somebody on that deeper level of like, what is beautiful about those feelings that they feel. And, um, yeah, so so that's that's the question. Thank you for asking me about it. I, it's a lot of fun. And here's another little tip: next time you listen to one of my podcast episodes uh, where, I'm, where I'm asking someone that question, see if you can guess before they answer what their their colors are going to be or what their answer is going to be. Because that's what I try to do. I try and before I ask them, I try and go, "What would they? What, what am I? What am I tuning in? What can I feel? Use my Jedi Force skills and see if I can guess it." 
<laughs> that's always fun to do for me. I will do that next time. <laughs> that's a really good idea. <laughs> it's very similar, as I said, to like my 14 year old self question, because yeah. it really, it's not just a simple answer, you know, to anybody, yeah. you know, you really have to think about it. And, you know, we've all been 14 before we've all been children, we've all grown up. So it's something we can all relate to, which is exactly like the emotions and the feelings. So yeah, I love that. It's such a good question. And I do have a fan question relating to that question. And I'm so sorry that I forgot to write down who asked it. So I know it was in, on Instagram. Okay. So if it's your question, let me know. She was wondering about the significance of asking them about the actual, about the color. Is there a, a meaning about the color? Because I, hmm. I totally get the emotions and the feelings. But yeah, where did the significance of the color come from? I don't know. I think it was more so just like, you know, some people react to colors differently, you know? And I think when people think of peace, there's always a lot of blues involved. Mm. Um, I don't know where the color came from. It was just a fun aspect that I added to it. And then it became sort of like a, maybe it's a little bit about, you know how some people say they can see like auras or like colors around people or whatever. Yeah. Um, I've never seen any of that stuff or, or, you know, witnessed any of that. So, but I do, for me, when, when people answer and they talk about their colors, uh, some a good portion of the time, I can almost guess what they're going to say in terms of color because I can mm -hmm. feel it. And so I think color, uh, you know, is a, is a wavelength of light and, and there's different um, intensities of color and, and, and whatnot. So I just, I just thought it was kind of a neat way to kind of pair that with feeling and emotion because, mm. you know, in film colors, they will often uh, uh, color, what's it called? Um, coloring the film or like they'll do different palettes, I guess you could say of like coloring, uh, color correction is what they call it. And uh, to, to create a different feeling and a different mood for the experience. And so uh, I think that is a kind of a nice sort of combination of the feeling and the emotion and then the colors that they would want to kind of wrap around that, you know, hmm. make it more unique and personal. Plus, I'm sure you probably find out from. everyone's favorite colors too, because most of the time, I'm sure their yeah. favorite colors on their mind, like mine's purple, yeah. so, and, and blue's kind of yeah. like the second favorite, so it kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Looking for news that is fair and unbiased? Visit our friends over at Our Shout Media. For all the latest news from Australia and around the world, as well as their own weekly podcast, Our Shout Media delivers news that you can trust. Check them out at ourshoutmedia.wordpress.com. Our Shout Media, news delivered the Australian way on us. Did you know Rave It Up Now has a private Facebook group where we give away regular prizes and you get to have a sneak peek at what we're up to? You'll get to see some fun behind the scenes action and can be part of the interview process yourself, just like a real journalist. So come join us and share your passion for entertainment with all of our other fans. Just search Rave It Up Community on Facebook and we look forward to getting to know you. Well, I definitely want to get into asking you questions about Heartland because that was definitely a lot of the questions I got that I need to ask you. But before we do move on to that, I did want to bring up just quickly the fact that you've stepped into the producer and editor role of Lynette Alinda's Mathemagical Audiobook. I love that mm -hmm. name, by the way. Yeah, so for those who haven't uh, checked it out or know what it is, it guides you on a spiritual journey, meditations, visualizations, and multiple exercises for personal mm -hmm. reflection and growth. So I want to know what's involved in you being the producer. Did you sit and in on, in on like each of Lynette's recordings or just edit them later? And, and how did you guys meet? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been working with Lynette for, 
three years. My agent um, actually gave me a session with her, gifted me a session with her. And uh, so I had a session with her over the it was a Skype call and it was great. And she said a lot of things that really piqued my interest. And so I was like, I got to learn more about this person, like what, what they're teaching. So uh, yeah, I've been working with her for a number of years. And then she had mentioned that she had wanted to do something like this. And I was like, well, I just started a podcast. I have this studio. She lives about 35 minutes away. And so I was like, you know, if you want, I can help you do this. Um, so that was kind of like the invitation. And then the process was very different. It was very new. And, you know, my brain and everything in my history was like, well, we got to write a script. You know, you got to put all your notes out and you're going to read your notes on the microphone. And I just push record like, that's pretty easy. And I can edit it kind of like my <laughs> podcast. That's what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> But uh, like anything in life, um, when you're doing a creative project, and I'm sure you know that you, you anticipate what you think is going to be the workload and what's going to happen. And then once you get into it, uh, there's so much more that can be done. There's so much more that you can do. There's more exploration. And you have to kind of surrender to what is being asked of you in that project. So there was a lot of discovery and trying to um, let this become what it was meant to be. And so the process was writing, writing notes and just getting general framework, uh, a general framework for the book so that as a producer, I knew we didn't miss anything. And I knew that we covered everything that she wanted to cover within that chapter, within that section of the book. And so that was an evolution. And then we had a big, um, like those easels with like a big notepad or whatever, a piece of paper on it. And we yeah. write notes and check off, make sure we talked about everything. And uh, so, yeah, so that was the kind of process. And then it evolved, you know, I said, well, what if we did meditations and little homework things? And um, so, so it kind of, then once the spine of the, the material was there, then it was like, how do we create the experience of what it's like to listen to this? And so I had some fun with creating soundscapes to start the book where you're in a rainy city and there's traffic and it's noise and, and the, the character or the listener, the audience member, you can hear somebody kind of like breathing and they just kind of calm themselves down then the music picks up and away you go. And, you know, I just had a little, I had a little, I had fun with little things like that to create an experience. Uh, and that's why we call it like an audio journey. It's more commonly referred to as an audio book, but it's not just Lynette reading her, her material. So mm. um, as a producer, my job was to hit record, to make sure it sounded good, to make sure we were on track with the, with the chapters and the subject matter. And that it was, um, delivered in a way that was digestible, understandable. And, you know, Lynette can, she can talk about anything and to very, very deep degrees. So I was always trying to say, Hey, this is the, the first book. Let's keep it, let's keep it simple and keep it so that it's digestible and that people can have that experience uh, as they go through it, where they, they feel like they're making progress and their understanding and, and there's a, a natural progression to it. So it's a different role to be in as a producer. I know most people are used to seeing me in front of the camera and as an actor, as a producer, you're, you are in service to and putting all your attention to creating the, the space for mm. the, the art, the creation to come forth. So that it's a different role. And um, it was fun for me. You know, I, I went to film school before I started Heartland and I did you know, lots of producing and directing and stuff like that. Um, so it was good to get back into that role and, and produce some, some content again. 
Mm. And that's what you're doing with your podcast too, I guess. Exactly. It's a yeah. lot of work, <laughs> but I love it. It is a lot of work, but it's so worth it. As, as we yeah. said, it's, it's our baby. <laughs> yeah. And what has your spiritual journey been like? When did you find spirituality? Only over the last few years or a long hmm. time? That's a good question. Um, well, I was raised Catholic. So uh, I had a religious back, uh, upbringing. And my, my mother uh, was always very, is always very committed to and connected to uh, her, her spiritual path and her, her faith. And even as she's grown and evolved, um, she, has, she has remained committed to her connection to God. And although I don't, I'm not a practicing Catholic, I don't go to church anymore, her commitment and her faith and her growth and her willingness to um, have conversations with me and explore topics with me was inspiring. That it was like, you can have a spiritual life, you can disagree with people, you don't have to have the same religious practices, but you can mm -hmm. still connect on those deeper messages of uh, what it means to be human and, and what it is to connect to a, a deeper place within you or to connect to God. So I want to credit my mom uh, for our deep conversations that we had about spirituality. And then over the years, um, I have just read books, asked myself questions, explored things, and always just tuned in and checked with myself of like, does this click? Does mm -hmm. this make sense? Does if When I was a kid, um, I was driving in the car with my mom, she was driving, I was sitting in the passenger seat and I must've been like, maybe like eight years old. And I remember her talking about like faith and, and uh, being a Catholic. And, and I remember thinking to myself, like, why was I so lucky to be born into a family that was Catholic? And that's the one religion that has got it right. And everybody else is kind of a little off, but Catholics are the one that's, you know, like, that's the right one. Like, mm. how does that work? Like, and so at that, at that time, I was kind of like, either none of them are right or they're all right because I can't be so lucky to be born into the right one. Like, how did I score that? And if, if I was born somewhere else and I never heard about Catholicism, like, then how would I get in, like, how would I get into heaven? And she says, and my mom said, well, you know, I think God would, would assess that situation and, and um, make a, dis, you know, a discernment or a judgment accordingly. And I was kind of like, okay, so then why do like, then just be a good person. Like, why do I need to, go to church or like be a Catholic or so anyways, <laughs> those are the questions in my eight-year-old mind. Um, yeah, very deep. <laughs> and, I'm <sh> yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure there's answers for that. And, and I love talking with people that are, I have lots of friends that are religious and I love talking with them and learning about their own faith that they practice and how they practice that. And, um, and yeah, so for me, what's made them made the most sense. And I like to respect people from, for what makes the most sense for them. Uh, for me, it's, um, just tuning in and, and feeling it out and also being real honest with myself. It's very easy to, at least my experience has been, it's very easy to kind of get on my high horse and think that I've got things figured out. So mm -hmm. just to continually remind myself to stay humble and to stay connected uh, to the earth and to, you know, being grounded, uh, that keeps me from uh, getting lost in things. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think you can, you know, there's, you can get lost in anything for that matter, but spirituality is one of those ones that can be, you know, wearing too many crystals or beads or talking <laughs> a certain way. Uh, yeah. 
anyways, yeah. that's what I'll say about that. Everyone's different. That's a big reason Everyone's I meditate different. too, because it's like you, yeah. you just need to be able to just calm yourself every day and just yeah, get back to yourself instead of all the outside noise. Yes, mm. yes, and and that's um, I went to uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Uh, he's an author and and uh, oh, researcher <laughs> and. Oh, you love it? Okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love this guy too. I went to one of his uh, courses when he was in Vancouver and he he literally explained that about how, you know, when you're meditating, it's like all this energy that's going out in your thoughts and commitments and all these different things. Um, as you bring your attention back into yourself and and still, still yourself internally, it's almost like you're recollecting all that energy that's just going out and you're bringing it back in. Mm. And uh, it was a metaphor that he explained. I'm not sure if this is a common thing that he does in his workshops or if it was just that one time, but when he explained it that way to me or to the audience, I, I got it. I was like, oh. And so when I'm in meditation or whatever, it's like bring that attention back inwardly. If I get caught in a thought or something's stressing me out, I'll just, okay, be gentle and just come back very slowly, come back. And then that energy returns. And then, like you said, you come out of it feeling joyful and grounded and and happy and peaceful. And it's everything nice just seems so much clearer. Like if you need to make a decision, yeah. you don't have everything just yeah. clouding your judgment and you just get back to going, okay, actually that was a very easy decision to make. <laughs> Amen. Mm. Same thing with connecting with your heart. You know, sometimes you get too, too much in your head. Yeah. You just tune into your heart and your heart will be like, it's this. And you're like, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Especially with social media now, like we're always on our phones. It's easy enough to get all caught up in it. You know what I bought recently is I bought a dumb phone. I call it a dumb phone because it only it's makes like phone the brick. calls and text messages. <laughs> yeah, well, it is like a brick. It looks like somebody said, it looks like you got that out of a cereal box. <laughs> I, paid, I paid a couple hundred bucks for it. Uh, yeah, I got a dumb phone and it's like kind of like my, uh, like my nicotine patch. Like I'm trying to weed myself off my smartphone by having a dumb phone that I take with me sometimes. Because mm. yeah, you're right. We are on our cell phones too much. It's, it's like all encompassing. Everything exists on your phone now, so. It's hard yeah. to get off it. I think a lot of people got even more addicted through the whole COVID pandemic, but actually I did the complete opposite. I actually turned off pretty much oh, all my notifications, you. which means that, you know, there's no distractions. So I can just fully focus on my day and then just check it later. Like I'll, I'll only check maybe my Facebook like once a week and then I'll be like, oh, wow, that's lots of notifications, but none of it is important. Nothing <laughs> at all. Like I'm just like, oh, well, I used to check this every day. What a waste of time. Yeah. If it wasn't for what I do, I don't think I'd have social media at all. It's just such a distraction. <laughs> well, and I think it's um, a lot of it is designed specifically. Um, I think it was Tristan Harris who was in that Netflix documentary about social media dilemma, the social dilemma. Um, I think his name's Tristan Harris. Uh, anyways, I was following him before that that documentary came out, and he he talks a lot about how you know, these social media apps and, and devices are, are designed to keep your attention, to keep you locked in and mm. addicted with notifications and little likes and sounds. And it's very much like a casino. If you kind of take a step back, yeah. all those little noises and stuff, it's like you're, it's like you're in a casino. And, <laughs> um, and I've really sort of taken that serious. And I'm like, you know what, my brain, I'm outsourcing a lot of my brain, my communication, my navigation with my you know, GPS, Google maps or whatever. I'm outsourcing a lot of this, these parts of my brain to a device. And then if I don't have that device, I feel lost and disoriented, mm. you know, because you're starting conversations through Instagram messages or, you know, this app messages, and you can't remember which, where is, where the messages, the conversation is. And so I've just tried to really, just like you turn off the notifications 
and remove my investment into too many of these applications or, or social media things because I know it's affecting my brain. I know it's affecting the way I live my life. And I would love to live in the future where I don't have that deep mental integration with these devices. I want it to be like a tool that I can just hang up on the wall and I'm done with it. <laughs> Yeah. You know, remember, remember when phones used to just be on the, <laughs> in your <laughs> on house, the wall? <laughs> on the wall. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's a goal of mine to get back to having a phone on the wall. Uh, I'm sure a lot of kids listening today are probably being like, what? <laughs> Don't remember back then when a phone was on the yeah. wall. And if you wanted to chat to your friend, it'd be like, you have to talk to their mom and dad and go, can I please talk to yeah. Graham? <laughs> are they home? No, are they're they not home? home right now. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing their homework. <laughs> What Good a trip down memory lane. I love it. I'm really glad I brought up that question because it really, it gives us an insight more into your life and how you've grown spiritually, personally, mental health, just everything, just personal growth in general, right? What has been your spiritual journey, Lauren? Um, well, I was, um, I, w- I was raised Anglican um, and we were never actually went to church at all, really. It was just... Um, I think I went a couple of times when I was older because I was intrigued. Um, yeah. But as I got older, I was kind of like you, not at eight. That's very young. But I started <laughs> questioning it all too. I was like, yeah, but, you know, what about this? And what about this? And how about all the other religions? Why do p- people, everybody believe in something different? Um, yeah. but especially when I started finding meditation, I was like, this feels a lot a lot more right, if that makes sense, within me. That, right for you, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and kind of just connecting with higher spirits and things like that. It just felt so much, I felt more connected to me, yeah. the earth, you know, all the natural things. Um, and I've been vegan for a few years too. So I think that just kind of added to it as well. Um, that, you know, we should be, say, eating from the earth, you know, things that, are, you know, before canned food and processed foods and stuff came around, you know, we were eating from the earth and why aren't we doing that anymore? It's so much better for our health. Um, Yeah. That's kind of my spiritual journey in a really small nutshell. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What is Anglican? I I know, I know the name, but I don't know the difference. Do you know much about the. I really don't either, to be honest. I want to say it's close to Catholic. I don't really know. I I don't want to say that and then have people come in and go, that's so wrong. (laughs) I really don't know, to be honest. Yeah, because I was so young, (laughs) but I I know that, um, like, even I said to mom, I was like, what's the difference between Anglican and Christian? Like, we still believe in God and we're supposed to go to church. (laughs) Um, So I just didn't see the point or the difference. I mean, like, there's there's a few that all still believe in the same God, but why are they all called things differently? I'm not quite sure. Something I'd have to look up, I think. Have you seen, speaking about uh, eating from the earth and you said you were vegan, um, have you seen the documentary, The Biggest Little Farm on Netflix? No, but I'll, I'll write that down. I got my pen here. Biggest Little Farm. The Biggest Little Farm. It is a great documentary about a couple from California who leave the city and they go out and they start their own farm. And it's all about how nature works together. And it is so inspiring because myself growing up in the city, uh, I didn't think that it was so harmonious uh, and synchronous that nature would all work together like this. And it's such a great story and it's such a great experience as you follow these people, start a farm and start, you know, feeding themselves and, and, and growing food. And 
it's just wonderful. It's very inspiring. So I think you'll like it. I, I think I will love that. So I'll definitely check that out. That's Netflix. Okay. Biggest little farm. Yeah. I wrote it down. Yeah. That's how you know I'm serious when I've actually written it down. <laughs> Instead of being like, yeah, I'll check it out later. <laughs> yeah. Do you have something to say or sell and wanting to launch an email marketing campaign to engage your customers? Constant Contact can help you. They have all the tools you need to market your ideas and they make it quick, easy and affordable to build a professional brand online, attract customers and sell more products, helping you achieve real results. You can sign up now for free to try it out. Go to our website, raveituptv.com and click on the Constant Contact ad on our right sidebar. It'll take you straight there. What have you got to lose? Do you love the world of entertainment? And do you love writing? Well, you could be perfect to join Rave It Up. We are currently looking for talented new writers to write for our website, raveituptv.com. You must speak fluent English and be passionate about everything entertainment, from celebrities to movies and music. If you're interested, please email us at info at raveituptv.com. Now, we of course have to talk about Heartland, Graham, because it was a huge part of your life. 12, 13, 14 years, it's been a long time. But now, fortunately, you aren't a part of the show and fans are devastated. I read so many comments. Some don't even like want to watch the show now without you, which I think is really sad because it's, I don't feel like the show is the same without you, but it's still really, really good. It's kind of taken a different direction now. Mm -hmm. But I did also want to share with you, like I did see a lot of messages from fans that just want to tell you that they respect your decision and they just want you to be happy, which I thought was really, really beautiful. That's why I had to share that with you. But did you think that leaving Heartland was going to have such a big impact? I know that I think for some people it's really impacted a little bit of their mental health, especially through this pandemic as well, that they're, binge watching heartland and then all of a sudden you're not there yeah it, i did not expect this reaction i knew that there would be it would be tough and mm. it would not be what people wanted i knew you know it wasn't like people well there might have been a few people that were like yeah get rid of them get rid of it <laughs> but <laughs> i haven't seen one comment like that yet <laughs> I, I haven't seen those yet but i'm sure there's there's somebody out there um yeah it, it was really tough uh, for me it's been a couple years uh of conversations and of just asking myself, is this the next step? And a lot of it was very, it was very difficult for me to, to make this decision. And I spent a lot of time just tuning in and asking myself, is this the right step? Is this the next step? And um, I normally, I can normally feel based on, you know, tuning into my heart or my gut and just kind of connecting with myself um, I know what's, what needs to come next. And Mm. I've had a few moments in my life where there've been difficult decisions and I know that's what I need to do, but I don't want to do it. Like, I don't want to do it. Like my mind's like, no, like just ignore your heart. Just ignore that. Just keep doing this. And you try and create all these excuses and reasons, um, why you should doubt yourself. And, um, and then the tricky thing too was, you know, a lot of people said, well, you know, why, why are you leaving? And what, why, why this? And, um, and I'm like, ultimately it comes down to, I have to honor myself and my heart and I can't ignore that. Mm-hmm. And I've done it in the past and it's never worked out well and I don't want to do it again. Um, so then the process was just, um, you know, how to work with the production and the, 
the creatives on the show to, to make that transition as, as, as best we could, because I think everybody knew it was going to be a really tough transition for the audience and uh, that it would be difficult to watch. So that's why I came back for season 14 and I did some, uh, we called it ghost work, you know, doing, playing a ghost of, of the character. And uh, because I, I personally wanted to do everything I could to, to make that transition and to honor the character uh, that I had created with, along with everybody else. So that, that, that love and that the inspiration and the passion of that character and, and myself, my work to that, for that character could be felt, you know, and it wasn't like cold turkey, just like, mm. you know, he's gone. Like some shows, you know, you see some shows like that and the character's just like, yep, and they're gone. It's like, cool, he's shot, so, yep, bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't want to do that. And um, I also, when I, when I create experiences, I work very hard to honor the audience and their journey and their investment. And it's kind of a catch-22 because, you know, audiences uh, have expectations and, and what, they, what they want. And so, you know, taking that into account while also honoring myself uh, is, is tricky because you don't want to upset anybody. You don't want to make anyone mad, but um, I think it's important that everybody sort of honor themselves and uh, be true to themselves. Cause from that place, whatever you create, whatever you give, you're coming from uh, whole, you're coming from a whole place. You're, you're, you're loving yourself. You're in tune with yourself and what you create is going to be of a completely different caliber then if you're ignoring yourself, you're denying yourself, you're not loving yourself or taking care of yourself and you're just doing it because somebody else wants it and, uh, and you wanna please them, you don't wanna upset them. So I think it's really important that when people create, like yourself, when you're creating the show, you love it. You're, you're not creating because you know, other people have an expectation of you. It's coming from an authentic place where you love what you're doing and you love yourself. And that shows up in your work and in, your, in, in this show. And I think that's important that people get to that place. So I was, I was very appreciative and surprised by the support uh, and the feedback that came when the episode premiered this year. Um, I was, I didn't know what to expect, but I was very, very humbled and, and uh, grateful for all the support and all the people that just wanted to wish me well. Like, I, I, yeah, it's hard to like, it's hard to like fathom sometimes how much this show has, reached you know how far the show has reached i got a message from um one of my friends he's like you know you're trending on google right now and i was like what are you talking about he's like go to the google search bar and like i don't remember what what where it was or something but there was it had, it had heartland or, or graham heartland or ty heartland or something was was trending in the google search and it, it just i just took a step back and i was like this is this is such a blessing, such a beautiful chapter of my life. And I am so grateful that I've been, been able to be a part of it. Um, so yeah, so to answer the question, I was very surprised, very humbled and very grateful for the response uh, and the support. And, um, and yeah, Amber and I did a, a podcast about, you know, the character's departure and, and just trying to explain to people that there's, there's no bad blood. It's not like I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm done with you. Or like <laughs> Amber and I got in a fight and we can't act together anymore. It's like, no, like, it's just, this is, this is where we're both at, you know, where I'm at, where the show's at. 
And I, I hope that people continue to watch the show and to, to have a great experience with it. I know it's going to be different and life changes, life happens, you know, mm. things happen in life. So um, I hope people can find a new appreciation for the show and find new stories that they enjoy and, and become reacquainted with the characters and, and this new flavor that it, that it offers. Mm. Well, I do love that you put yourself first. You know, you had to think about your future. Obviously, you're not going to be in Heartland forever. I'm sure the show is not yeah. going to go forever. <laughs> yeah. So you did have to think about that. And now with this podcast, you love doing it. That's obviously something you're going to focus on. Are you going to continue acting as well? Or are you going to go more down that creative path of producing and creating your own art? Um, acting, I'll probably put on hold for a bit right now. Um I've, I've wanted to produce my own content for a long time and acting. I, I, I know in the future, I'll most likely do some more acting, but in the immediate future, I'm going to take a break mm. and, um, and just focus on creating my own content, my own stories, my podcasts, you know, finishing my second book and, uh, and just, yeah, working on my own projects because very often when I start working on my own projects, then my agent will call and say, Oh, you got an audition for, you know, you got these 10 pages to memorize for tomorrow. And it's like, everything's on hold. Now it's like, you got to do this. And that's kind of the world of, of an actor is you're, you're constantly auditioning. You're constantly putting yourself out there and whatever you're, you know, working on when the, when the phone rings and your agent says there's an audition, it's like, you drop everything. And it's mm. like, away you go. So um, I'm, I'm now sort of at this point in my life where I'm like, if I don't commit to and, and invest in myself and put out this kind of stuff that I want to put out, I may never do it because I might just get caught up in another role. And then that becomes, you know, the next chapter of my life. Um, so I've made that decision to kind of invest in myself to, to tell the stories and, and produce the content that I want to produce and share myself with the world in a new way. So mm. that's the new path that I'm on. I love it. And uh, creating your own art as well, I think a lot of, you know, the, the audience kind of forget that it's kind of how, what you have to do in entertainment because even if you were wanting to go for auditions and get some more gigs, you are out of work for a while until you do get that gig. So to have your own side projects on, you know, side projects on the side, yeah. you know what I'm talking about, projects on the side, yeah, yeah. but then you've always got something to work on and you're always still going to be in the field of entertainment. So I, I think even though there's probably heaps of fans crying right now going, no, I can't watch him on the screen anymore. You can still listen to his podcast you can still listen to his voice yeah. watch our interviews <laughs> yeah and hopefully yeah, in the future there'll be something who knows you might pop up on a hallmark movie or something with cindy busby <laughs> yeah 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 who knows yeah and that's and i'm open to uh to doing you know i love doing interviews and such like that and maybe it's a small part or something um that would come up and, and i still do my cameo video messages for people um i'm not it's not like i'm not going to be on screen like you're not gonna be able to see me it's just i'm taking a break from playing you know tie <laughs> tie and yeah. also big you know big character commitments you know uh because i want to focus on some of my own projects mm. well good luck with it all i'm really excited to check it all out do we do we have a release date for the second book yet <laughs> <laughs> you're asking all the good questions lauren thank um, you there was a few fans <laughs> that asked that one but yeah <laughs> i'll take credit for the other ones <laughs> 
It's uh, it's I'm working on it, and it's it's evolved because of what everything that happened in 2020. Uh, I've mm-hmm. learned a lot about myself, and um, I really just asked myself, what is this all about? Like, what what's the silver lining in this for me? And I I've written probably over a hundred uh, different pieces of writing for the book, and I don't always put them all in, but I write a lot, and then I kind of trim them back to the ones I like. But then after 2020, um, I just took a step back and I was like, I've learned so much that I want to share that in this book as well. I, I, I think it's very important because our world is going through a massive transformation and lots of things are changing. And I, I really want to express myself and um, share my heart with, with people in my writing and in my work uh, and specifically in this book. So there is no release date. <laughs> when it's done, it's done. I don't want to say set a date and then it get pushed. I already did that. I said it was going to be done by the end of 2020 and you know, 2020 came and, and went. And, and um, so now I'm like, you know what, when it's done, it's done and it'll be out there and people will be like, Oh, it's out now. Cause I don't want to create any expectations. So sorry guys, I don't have an answer for that, but um, that is okay. I'm, yeah. Just do me a deal. When it does come out, come back on the show and talk about it with me. Okay. 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 <laughs> Then everyone will know it's out. (laughs) That's a good idea. Yeah, I'll do a press. What's it called when you do that? Press tour or something. Yeah. Press tour. That's it. Yeah, press tour, (laughs) press junket, all that. (laughs) Press junket. Yeah. Now, I know this is a bit of a deep question, but did you know you were going to be leaving Heartland? Was it in the process when you were last on our show? (laughs) Um, About a year ago. So, probably was, but you just didn't know when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. This was, this was, this was a couple of years um, in the, in the process. So, uh, you know, I, you don't say that kind of stuff. You can't say that kind of stuff. No, 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 no hot feelings. Like it's okay. So, yeah. <laughs> what was the reaction from the cast like, and was it hard saying goodbye to them? I, I know that you still keep in contact with well, a lot of them. Yeah. I don't know about all of them, but I'm sure they yeah. were sad to know that you weren't going to be on set all the time. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, this was, you know, I think, um, like I said, this was a couple of years, so it wasn't like, uh, you know, all of a sudden, like, what, what's going on? Like this was, this was a long period of, of conversations and of talks and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah. And it's, you know, I, they're like a family, you know, working 14 years with the same people every day, mm. uh, you know, learning how to support each other, learning everyone's quirks, um, you know, Sean has a, a wonderful quirk that I love him for that when he's, it's something about dinner table scenes when he's at the dinner table and grandpa Jack has got a line to say, and it's a very important line. <laughs> Sean will, uh, sometimes he get in, he gets in these little, little moods where he'll say the line and say, no, 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 go again. And then someone will say their line to lead him in and he'll say it again. And, uh, he'll do his line again. And he's, <laughs> yeah, it's just, well, I don't know if it's perfection is as much as like he, he honors the story and the authenticity of that moment so much. He doesn't want to uh, mail it in or pass it off or just kind of like whatever, like he's, he's very committed. So um, that's one of his quirks. And, and there's so many, I'm sure there's in the blooper reel, he'll do that. <laughs> um, and I, I love him for that. And there's little things like that that I'm definitely going to miss working with, um, with Sean and with Amber and with Carrie James and, and all the different people on set. Um, that I get to work with on a consistent basis, you know, had a lot of fun. So I'm uh, going to miss them all. And hopefully that there's, you know, projects in the future we get to work together on, have Sean on the podcast, you know, stuff like that. It'd be fun to reconnect. Mm. Uh, I'm sure there was probably a lot of crying on that last day. <laughs> 
Well, you know, it was interesting. My last day, uh, because was I was doing yourself, ghost I'm work, guessing? Yeah. I was by myself. That's I was weird. by myself. So it was very odd. It was, a, <laughs> it was, a, it was extremely odd, but I, I, you know, I got to connect with a few people there and, and say, thank you. And I had written thank you notes and, and uh, reached out to people before that last day. But yeah, the last day was a, was very odd. Normally there's like a, you know, that's a wrap on, on so-and-so for, for the show or for the episode or whatever. Um, it was very odd. It was very odd because it was all, cause I was the ghost, you know, I was in the ghost. I did a lot of green screen stuff too. That was oh, first time cool. doing the, yeah. So that's Heartland green screen stuff. Well, I really um, take it off my hat off to Amber for being able to act like you're there. Like that must be so hard. <laughs> and I know you talked was, about that in your interview with her. I was just like, yeah, yeah that's true. She would have just had to pretend you're there. <laughs> and somewhat well, be emotional <laughs> yeah sometimes that happens uh you know the actor has to go the other actor has to go change or or they're sick or, or something happens or you know some actors uh you know they're not on camera so they just kind of mail in their performance and you're kind of like ah, give me something here like <laughs> and so you have to kind of be like okay uh i'm i'm envisioning i'm feeling something completely different and you have to kind of move into that because uh sometimes they're not there and sometimes you're not getting anything from the, from your, your coworker, mm. which happens rarely, but sometimes it does happen. So you have to do your best <laughs> to imagine it. And bless my gators on Instagram wants to know, would you consider teaming up with Emma Marshall again and starting a new project together after uh, Heartland? Um, yeah. Amber's great. Uh, we've had a, a, a couple conversations, um, you know, from in the podcast and then afterwards as well, we've, we've kept in touch. So I'm open to that idea for sure. Um, you know, Amber's such a professional and she now produces Heartland as well. So she has that experience uh, of working with the team and the production and, and whatnot. So she's a very, very talented woman. And I think that would be fun if, if that opportunity arose. I would definitely be open to that. Mm. And I, I did see on my Instagram a lot of fans actually asking this question too. Would you ever return to Heartland to even direct an episode like Michelle and, and Chris have done? Yeah, possibly. Um, I hadn't thought about that, to be honest. That'd be cool. Fans could be watching an episode and your name just pops up down the bottom going directed by Gray Model. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, I mean, I definitely have a lot more, um, uh, what's, what's the, I got to strengthen my directing muscles, you know, because I know Michelle has, has done a lot more of that work than I have. Mm. And uh, so she worked very hard to get into that position to, to direct. Um, so that, that would be some, some preliminary work that I would have to do just to kind of uh, make sure that uh, that my involvement would bring out the best in the show, and it wouldn't. I wouldn't be, you know, the show would wouldn't have to like pick me up. You know, I want to be able to contribute to the show as opposed to the show kind of like hustling me along to get it done because I'm, you know, inexperienced. Um, but yeah, no, that's I'm always open to opportunities, um, and I think you know if it comes up and it feels right, and there's something I can contribute, and everybody's happy, then I'll yeah. I think it'd be fun. Good question. Thank you. Yeah, that, that was all. Uh, several fans asking that. So thank you, fans. <laughs> and have you been watching the new season as well? Because I have, and it feels weird not to have you in it. So I'm sure you personally of playing that character for 13 years must feel weird not to be on the show now. It is weird. Um, it is weird. And, um, but it, it's weird. I would say it's more odd. I'd say it's odd, but that's where I'm, I'm excited about the the exploration of a new journey of the characters mm. growing that's that's something that i've always 
enjoyed about Heartland and any project for that matter is the growth of a character, is the expansion. One of my favorite expansions, and I've mentioned this before, is in season two, when the Heartland universe world went to downtown Calgary and Ty was being chased by the bikers and it was a completely different aesthetic mm. to the Heartland horses and, and farm life. And then, you know, eight years later, when Ty goes to Mongolia, another whole different aesthetic and different life and, and expansion of the world. And, and I think that is exciting if done right. And if done within the, the flavor of the show, it can really add to the experience and to the journey. So that is my, that is my hope. And that is my uh, wish for people to go on a new journey with the show and, and to find a new expansion of the reality for, for, for the characters and for that world. So, well, something I love yeah. about Heartland, and I'm sure a lot of fans can probably agree with me, is just how realistic the show is. You know, when I spoke to Michelle, that whole um, part of whatever season it was when uh, Lou and Peter get divorced, you know, that's realistic mm-hmm. in life these days that unfortunately, yeah, kids are going through parents getting divorced. Um, death is a part of life. So unfortunately, even though we didn't want to lose Ty, death is a part of life and now you know the whole family have got to go through it and as you said it comes back to the growth yeah and and i i hope you know with all the stories that i'm i i'm a part of and want to be a part of i hope that that is his opportunities for people to find healing to find um the space to allow themselves to feel something that maybe they have shut out you know Mm. um i i think that's important If, if stories were always just you know on the surface or not dealing with divorce or death or some more serious things that happen in life, you know, my opinion would be that people kind of feel like if that happens to them, then it shouldn't happen because they don't see it on TV. And, um, and I know that there are other shows that deal with these kind of things, but Heartland is a very wholesome, very uh, rooted uh, show. Uh, You know, there's no violence and very, very little violence. It's a very family friendly show. So dealing with those issues, those difficult issues, I think is important. And I'm, I was, I am really proud to have been a part of it uh, and all those stories that were, were told. So you should be. It's, yeah, it's good. Mm. And the whole underlining, you know, message of Heartland is that, you know, your family's always there for you. So even if you are going through something really, really sad, like a death, the rest of your family's there for you. You know, sometimes your friends become your family, which also is shown yeah. in Heartland as well. Yeah. yeah. So I, I hope the whole new season is really, as you said, kind of getting, the message across to a lot of people and making them feel a bit better, even though they are unfortunately losing one of their favorite characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a bit of a catch 22, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah. I got two more fan questions here too, before we move on to a game that you wanted to play. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Jenny Derpler, I hope I pronounced that right. Zero one six on Instagram wants to know after all these years of being on Heartland, what is your favorite storyline and not just Amy and Ty, but any of the characters? Oh, of any of the characters? Yeah. Oh, I know. Also, I was like, that's a really good question. <laughs> so the storyline that hit me the hardest in the heart was when Tim was covering up his cancer. Mm. Uh, and he went to Mongolia and he didn't, hadn't told anyone that he, was, um, that he was sick. And there's a scene where he sees, he wakes up early in the morning when they're out looking for Ty. And he sees this bird. I want to say it was like a falcon or um yeah i think it was a falcon 
and the sun is shining and he looks at the bird and the bird looks at him and then it flies away and he just kind of looks and he's just kind of in this moment. And when I first saw the rough cut, uh, the editor uh, had called me into the, or I was speaking with the editor in the office, Ken Filowich, and um, in his office, I should say, and he showed me that scene and he had put in some temp music and uh, temporary music. So they, they kind of sometimes before the composer has time to put in the music, they will put in a, a track that is kind of like the feeling that you're, that mm. they're looking for. So anyways, he played the scene with this temp music and I was sitting behind Ken. And when I watched that scene, I, I just, I wept and I was so moved. And he turned around and he was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> and I was like, dude, that is so good. I was like, can you play that again? And it was the combination of the music and the scene and the storyline and, and the way Chris played it. And just, it was Bruce McDonald directed it and it, it just hit so hard for me. And so that to me is a storyline that it kind of encapsulates what I really want to communicate to people is that like life is so beautiful. And when you really look death in the face, everything that matters reveals itself to you. You know exactly what matters mm -hmm. and you know exactly what doesn't. It's all, it's all crystal clear. And so that was my interpretation of that storyline of, of um, Tim sort of recognizing what was important and, and reconnecting to himself and to nature too, in that sort of beautiful mystical moment with that, that bird. Um, so yeah, that would be my, um, my favorite storyline, my favorite moment, uh, because it was so impactful, mm. it was so beautiful in my world. And just after that, like watching him watch Ty and Amy reunite was also just so yeah. beautiful. Like that, yeah, I agree. That whole storyline is just, oh, it's giving me goosebumps. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And uh, Mike and Elizabeth Cazares, sorry again if I pronounced that wrong, want to know what it's like doing kissing scenes, for example, and, and just relationship scenes in general without having real feelings for the other person. Because <laughs> Amber is married, right? Still, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. Um, yeah so it's, it's a lot of respect and it's a lot of um, just talking things out. So you you... You have to be very professional. You have to be very respectful. You have to make sure you know what they're comfortable with. Um, Amber and I have been working together for 14 years. So we have that history of knowing, you know, how to work with each other in that, in that space and how to be respectful. Mm. Um, and it's always, it's always under the guise of, you know, it's just very similar to, you know, people say, oh, how do you do those kissing scenes? Well, it's very similar to when you do those scenes where you're really angry at somebody or you're really upset with somebody and you're staring at them like you want to kill them. It's like, you're not really, I like you. <laughs> you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to kill them. Um, so, so it's this, it's very similar where you're acting and you're putting yourself in the position that uh, this character uh, feels this way or, or is upset or is in love or, or whatever the case may be. And it's always done, you know, anger or love. You know, you're doing a fight scene, you work it out. You know, I'm going to throw this punch or I'm going to yell at you this, you know, so you, you know, so that you can do it safe. And you can do it respectfully. And um, that's, a, that's a relationship. That's a working relationship that you develop and you, you work on so that both people uh, can feel safe, they can feel respected, and they can do their jobs. Um, and you have to draw a very clear line. You have to be very careful that uh, you don't judge someone because you've been you know, hating them as the bad guy for 
however many years <laughs> and distancing <laughs> yourself from that person just because you've generated all these emotions and forced them at that person uh, or projected them and vice versa. You know, you're generating all these, these love emotions, all these caring emotions for somebody that you don't cross that line and, and blur that line um, and take it outside the, the professional working environment. So it's a, it's, it's a mental process and it is a conversation and it is something that uh, I have learned the importance of because, well, Joe Dispenza talks about this. If Joe Dispenza ever sees this, I just want to say, I'm sorry, Joe Dispenza, if I <laughs> misquote I'm your- I'm so your honored if Joe Dispenza watches this video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I just want to say Tag that I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm speaking a little bit out of school here um, because it's his work, but what I learned from his work, I'll say it this way. What I learned from his work is we have thoughts and we have feelings and on a consistent basis, the way we think and the way we feel generates our personality mm. and our personality will then create our personal reality. And I took a course from him a couple of years ago and he was explaining this. I'm like, Oh, this is fascinating. Cool. Okay. And then he said to me, or he said to the audience, um, you know, a lot of people change the, try to change their lives, their personal reality, but they don't, change how they think and how they feel on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. So if you think and feel on a, on a consistent basis, a certain way, but you're trying to change your life, it's a non-starter. It's not going to work because that's what informs your personality, which is how you show up your attitudes and all these different behaviors and all these different things. And I was like, Oh, this is fascinating. Cool. And then I thought, what if I played a character for 14 years and I generated thoughts and feelings for a character that wasn't real? And I created in my body and in my mind, this personality, which created a person, a personal reality that was stronger than me. And this, this became a challenge for me that once I discovered, once I made this connection, a lot of my challenges in the past with, uh, feeling disoriented, um, in this, this whole chapter of my life, which I did have many moments of disorientation of like, Oh, what's going on here? Like, uh, I'm losing myself. And uh, when I finally got that insight from Joe Dispenza, I recognized how, as an actor, if you don't take care of yourself and do that work, when you're coming home from set, uh, when you're off on your own life, to love yourself, to take care of yourself, to go, with, go into uh, pain or trauma that you haven't healed and deal with that kind of stuff, then acting, if you don't do that, then acting or the character becomes an escape. Mm. And I now see that as being unprofessional and um, not wise. So it's, it's what I have learned is, and this is not true for all actors. I'm just saying from, from my perspective and from my experience, having had trauma in my past and pain in my past, playing a character for 14 years on an unconscious level became an outlet for me, an escape for me to not have to deal with that because honestly, I didn't really have the tools and, and the understanding of how to. Hmm. So that's where I feel a lot of lines can be blurred and, and things can get messy and, and uh, you can get disoriented um, because the world of acting is thoughts and feelings and behavior. And you're doing it on a consistent basis. You're creating a personality to create the show, the, person, the, the shared reality of the show. And so um, once I got all these pieces in front of me and I started looking at this, I was like, Oh my God, right. If I don't take care of myself, if I don't take care of my own heart, my own feelings, my own 
uh, pain and, and things that are going on, on in my own life, I starve it and it, and it, and it becomes uh, uh, brittle and, and, and uh, unhealthy. And mm. so that was something that nobody, nobody in any acting class, they don't tell you that when you start a show that, hey, just so you know, uh, be careful because if you haven't, you know, dedicated time to investing in yourself, to taking care of yourself, and you're trying to escape your life and live through a character, uh, this is very dangerous. You're and really you need to be very aware yourself. of it. You're really going to lose yourself. And mm. nope, there, there's no conversation around that. I don't know how often that happens, but it happened to me. And, um, and I, I think that that's, you know, something that I, I really try to work on to be like, where am I? Where's, where's Graham? Like what's happening to him? And um, anyways, I kind of went on a tangent here, but you asked me about kissing scenes and I kind of expanded it to anger. And my point being is that what I've learned is that it's about respect. It's about understanding the boundaries of the confines of the job that you're there to do and um, staying within those bounds and uh, doing your job as best you can. It, it's not easy, but it's, it's, that's the, that's the, the tools of an actor of creating realities and, and generating those thoughts and feelings for the character to um, give birth to the reality of the show. Mm. I love when you go off on a tangent, by the way, I learned so much more. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to do that anytime. <laughs> but I think it's time for the game now. What do you think? Let's do the game. Yeah. All right. It is time for the two minute hot seat. It is a famous game okay. on Rave It Up. I actually hadn't played it for years and I've just because now it's a new year, I was like, I gotta bring it back. I actually had a lot of fans ask where it went because it's so much fun and it it's an opportunity for us to get to know you better. You know, not just Ty cool. anymore, it's Graham. So two minute hot seat. I'm gonna ask you several questions in two minutes and you just have to pick your preference. So it could be like Facebook or Instagram, cats or dogs, things like okay. that. And okay. you have to answer as many questions in two minutes as possible but we also want your honest answers. So, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and then there's a leaderboard. Uh, so at the end, I can oh. see where you sit up against everyone else that's been on the show. <laughs> okay. Like in I terms know. of how many questions I get through. Yeah, exactly. But obviously okay, we okay. still want your honest answers. So okay, it's a lot of fun though. And the time will go very quickly. <laughs> I played it myself too. And I'm like, now <laughs> I have new respect for my, for my guests. All right. Let me get my stopwatch out. And because it's over Zoom, I'll give you like an extra 15 seconds. Yeah. Does that sound good? <laughs> I, I make that fair. <laughs> All, right. All right. You ready? I'm okay. ready. I'll count down. Three, two, one. Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. iPhone or Samsung? iPhone. Apple or Android? Apple. Rap or rock? Rock. Rock or pop? Rock. Pop or country? Country. Beach or mountains? Beach. Beach or pool? Beach. Sun or rain? Sun. Skiing or snowboarding? Snowboarding. Comedy or action? Oh, action. Blondes or brunettes? Blondes. Sweet or salty? Salty. Sunglasses or hat? Hat. SUV or convertible? Convertible. No, SUV. Mac or PC? Mac. PlayStation or Wii? PlayStation. Clean or messy? Clean. Singing or dancing? <laughs> Dancing. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Italian or Chinese food? Definitely Italian. Summer or winter? Definitely summer. Kim Kardashian or Scarlett Johansson? Scarlett Johansson. Johnny Depp or Will Smith? Will Smith. Mall or online shopping? A mall. Cinema or home movie? 
Cinema. Ice cream or gelato? Gelato. Cake or cookies? Cookies. Cookies or cookie dough? Cookie dough. Family or friends? Uh, friends. Christmas or your birthday? Christmas. Night or day? Night. Bus or train? Train. Straight or curly hair? Ooh, curly. Eye color blue or brown? Blue. Vampire or werewolf? Uh, werewolf. Texting or calling? Calling. Los Angeles or New York? New York. Friday or Saturday? Saturday? TV or movies? Movies. Coffee or tea? Tea. Snow or surf? Surf. Harry Potter or Twilight? Harry Potter. <laughs> family Guy or The Simpsons? Uh, family Guy. McDonald's, McDonald's or Burger King? Uh, neither, but Burger King. French fries or chips? <laughs> uh, French fries. Burger or hot dog? A burger. Guitar or drums? Drums. Leather or denim? Denim. City or country? <laughs> country. Biting your nails or picking your nose? <laughs> uh, probably picking my nose. And we're out of time. I love that we ended on that one. <laughs> oh, I've got a good oh, question five. for you now. How many questions do you think you answered in that time? Uh, 30. Oh, a lot more than that. Oh, really? Yes. I know. It, it just, it seems like it flies, doesn't it? I was in the zone. I was like trying to like go as fast as I could. I, I liked it. I could tell it? it was honest answers too. So good on you. <laughs> <laughs> you answered 51 questions. 51. That's wow. amazing. And you're sitting, we've had 137 people play this, not including you. So 51 questions. You are sitting 37 on the leaderboard, but yeah, there's like, Oh my gosh. So what's number one? Number one is 101 questions. <laughs> but it was her second time on the show and I have a feeling she wasn't giving honest answers. She just wanted to get through as many as she could. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. But also because, you know, we're we're on Zoom, so it's a little bit, yeah, a little bit of a tiny delay. delay. But hopefully yeah, yeah. in the future we can maybe do an interview in person and we'll redo Wouldn't the game that be for cool? you. Yes, I so can't cool. wait. If you have any plans to come to Australia in the future, you just let me know, all right? And I've never been to Canada. Yeah, for sure. So I'll, I'll keep that in mind when yeah. we're allowed to travel again. Yeah, Fingers yeah, crossed yeah. over the next couple of years. <laughs> now, we are unfortunately getting to the end of the show, Graham. But before we go, if the listeners would like to contact you or find out what you're up to in the future, where should they go? Well, I think the best way to follow what I'm doing is on my social media accounts and on my website. So my mm -hmm. website is grahamwardleonline.com. And then my social media accounts are just at Graham Wardle for Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I also have a Telegram channel now. Uh, and I have... I, MeWe I, as well, I've noticed. MeWe, yeah, thank you. Yeah. There's MeWe. There's, Instead of uh, like your Facebook. Parlor. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. But uh, I have them. If you go on to my website, my social media stuff is there. And then also on my Instagram, there's a, a link tree that I have, which is like a in the bio there, you click that little link and you see all the little things there. Awesome. So that's the, the best way to, uh, to find me and to catch up with what I'm doing. I have noticed too, you've deleted a lot of your past posts on Instagram. Is there a reason for that? Is this kind of like the new you yeah. now? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It was more so, um, I love simplifying life. I love keeping things clean and simple. And I just looked through my, my timeline and I just was like, you know what? Um, I want to select my favorite photos and, 
if I only could select, I can't remember what it is, however many I have now, 15 or, or 12 or something. I just, I just thought like, I think it'd be cool just to, I only have a few photos and just mm. keep it super simple and like keep these ones. And then, and then archive the ones, you know, like I'll post a photo for my next podcast episode. And then the other one I will archive. I, I don't know. I just kind of like, I, I think of it like if you had like a bulletin board, I want, I don't want it like a whole bunch of stuff all over the place. I just want mm. these ones that I want people to focus on or to, to look at. And I think uh, minimalism or reducing that is kind of like, it, it's more conscious for what I do put there. I don't know. That's the kind of the idea that I had behind it. It looks cleaner. Just, yeah, yeah, it looks cleaner. Yeah, that's kind of what I was looking for. So that's and we, now we know what, are your, so what your favorite photos on Instagram are as well. Yeah, some of my favorites. I mean, there was there. I mean, obviously, I'm not. I anything I post there is something I like. Uh, I liked, but this is those were just the ones I, at the time, I was like, yeah, these ones. Mm. So that's awesome. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Simple and easy answer. <laughs> And thank you so much for coming on the show again today, Graham. I really appreciate your time. I know we've been chatting for ages, but I, I got to say- Oh, it's been, great. You've given us gold today and I've had so much fun. You've just made my day. Awesome, Lauren. Well, I always enjoy our conversations. Our, our last one was great. This one was a lot of fun for me too. And the game was fun too. So next time we'll play another game because I, I love playing Oh yeah, games. I, got a, I got another game up here too. So we'll play that next okay, time. Okay, great. <laughs> As you said, you promised to come on when the book comes out. So let's organize that, yep. okay? Let's keep in yep. contact. And awesome. God, I'd, I even just love to have you on just to talk like about spirituality more or a mental health and episode life. or something. Because yeah. yeah. For sure. I couldn't believe just from this episode how much more I found out we have in common. So I feel like just a whole episode about that would I'm just going to gel sure. nicely. <laughs> and I think a yeah. lot of people get okay, a well, lot out time. of it. We'll do that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for listening. If you want to be the first to get every new episode, remember to subscribe to this podcast for free. Just search for Rave It Up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share it with your friends and tell us what you love the most and even let us know what you want to hear on this podcast. You can even check out the videos of our interviews on our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. And for more, visit our website, raveituptv.com. Now, before I leave you today, I just want you to remember that you are loved and you are beautiful. Bye.